Hey, okay, well, um, today is the fourth, actually, uh, message in the series of Emotionally Healthy Relationships, and uh, as it says, it's to focus on discipleship that deeply changes our relationships with others, and, um, you know, it's so essential for us to be vibrant and effective Christians in God's kingdom, to not only know the Word, but see it applied in touching every part of us, and particularly making a difference in our relationships with others. Uh, Jesus said that the two uh, top commandments, what tied everything together as far as God's commandments, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. So, uh, you know, it's not just a relationship with God, but it's to be shown in a relationship with others. Um, and, and so uh, we've been talking about a lot of different things in regards to using our God-given voice and becoming self-aware and, um, and also uh, not mind-reading and clarifying our expectations. Today we're talking about listening incarnationally. Wow, what a big long term. Listening incarnationally. Uh, to begin with, we need to define that word incarnational incarnationally. Uh, you've heard the term, I'm sure, incarnation in reference to Jesus coming to earth. Um, that's the incarnation, God himself becoming man, uh, God invading our territory, becoming like us, determining intentionally to go into another situation to communicate clearly. And so uh, we find, of course, uh, an intense level of incarnational activity in that setting where Jesus was fully God and became fully man to identify with us, to understand our situation, but also to remedy our situation. And so when we put the word incarnational, I see that's kind of come up funny on the screen there, listening incarnationally. All right, okay. But... Um, you know, to, to listen incarnationally is to, is to bring who we are completely into another person's world. Um, an intentional act to, to listen in such a way that we're, we're fully there. <laughs> uh, listening to understand, to identify, to empathize. It's trying to put ourselves in another's shoes. And it's making another person feel truly heard by working at truly hearing. I was talking to some friends this week, and I said, you know, how do you feel when you're really listened to? And, you know, the word was, I feel accepted, I feel loved. I mean, it's just kind of a part of the whole thing. And um, so, so I want to test you today, okay? We're going to take a test. This is graduation Sunday. You know, they've had a lot of tests, right? So we might as well have another one. All right, so, okay. So here's the test. Seven questions, okay? You will not receive a grade from me, but you might receive a grade from some of your family members. Okay, all right. All right, but here's seven questions. Okay, so I want you just to, you don't have to do it on paper, but just in your mind. Okay, look through these. How many of the seven would be accurate of you? My close friends would describe me as a responsive listener. Number two, when people are upset with me, I am able to listen to them without being defensive. Number three, I listen not only to the words people say, but also to the feelings behind their words and their body language. Number four, I am aware of how the family I was raised in has shaped my listening style. Number five, I ask for clarification when listening 
rather than assuming I know. Number six, I don't interrupt when another is speaking. And number seven, I give people my undivided attention when they are talking to me. Would you be so brave to say any of you have all seven? That's where you are. Wow, what a humble group. You're probably afraid to raise your hand on anything. Yeah, I don't blame you. This is scary territory. You know, I got to tell you, when I went through this list myself, I got to say that maybe I felt fairly decent in two or three of those. That's awful. (laughs) But I also realized that knowing that I need to work on those is not a bad thing, too. And I think, I think that I'm doing better, okay, in some of those areas. I would say I'm better percentage than 50% on some of them, but some of them maybe I still am not. I think the idea is to take a look at ourselves, right? Where do we wrestle with these things? We, we know we want this from others, but do we give it ourselves? That's always a challenge. And of course, Jesus said that, didn't he? He said that, that we, we should give to others, we should love others, we should do to others, as the golden rule says, right? In the way that we know that we would like to be loved. Right. We, we, we should give that to others, not just demand it for ourselves. Well, we're going to look at a Bible verse or a couple of verses here in James today that specifically speaks of the importance of listening. And that's in James chapter 1, probably very familiar to you. We're going to mainly focus on verse 19, but I'm going to read verses 19 through 21 here from the New Living Translation. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. That that first verse, we've heard it, uh, but it's such a great, powerful thought when it comes to this idea of listening, for it says that you must be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to get angry quick to listen quick to listen is that the first thing i do some people have said hey you know god made it very clear you got two ears but only one mouth right i mean you you should be listening more than you're talking right and 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 it's so easy it's so easy at least i find it very easy to jump in wanting to say what i'm thinking instead of really really listening And, and really trying to get to the question I should be asking myself, what are they really saying and what are they really meaning? What is their body language and what does it mean? I need to demonstrate to the person that I'm receptive if there's to be healthy communication. I can do this by looking at them, certainly putting down my phone. That seems to be a big interrupter in our world today. Um, and certainly asking questions after we hear or I hear what is said. Slow to speak certainly fits in with the idea of being quick to listen. If you're quick to listen, then you're not speaking. But slowing to, slow to speak is making sure that we don't say something before we think about it, and we certainly say it in a timely manner. It's certainly not trying to solve everything or fix it quickly. It's not reacting to a situation immediately or cutting someone off with a comment before they've been heard. 
and then slow to get angry. Uh, certainly, this is in a procedural list here, because if we are quick to listen and we are slow to speak, that will result in this third part, because the slowness, the, the, the not quick reactions will keep us from getting angry. Certainly, as I listen to someone, there may be things that touch a nerve, and it's best to not say something right away. Um, I need to process what's going on and, and um, think about what I should say. And, and these things go together. It, it, it's, we listen, we don't speak right away. And so it puts us in a position where we will be slow to get angry. It's certainly very easy to be defensive when someone says something that hurts. It's hard not to defend. But we can be self-aware of how we feel and how we respond. And with God's Spirit guiding us, we can avoid the damaging anger that can take place. And remember in all of this, Proverbs 15.1, we know that one. It says, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. You ever experienced that? <laughs> Continually shooting back and forth at each other, it doesn't get better. It gets hotter. It gets tougher. And there's a lot more healing and, and a lot more forgiveness that needs to take place because of the damage. Here's a couple of other Proverbs that point to the value of being quiet and not talking so much. Proverbs 10:19. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. My parents used to say that once in a while. My teachers said it a lot. Keep your mouth. Only child, I thought everybody lived to listen to me. So I go to school, and that really wasn't the way school works. You ever notice that? The best students, right, are the ones that are quiet. I always thought that was a crazy idea. But anyway, because of my perspective on it, I spent quite a bit of time in the corner or sometimes in the hall. Yeah, okay, what happened? Crazy. I should have listened to this proverb. <laughs> and certainly we all have different personalities. But isn't it true that the key to relational connections is not just giving all the things that are in our mind at immediate moment? <laughs> just kind of like, whoosh. It's interacting. It's caring. It's listening. And then the other proverb is Proverbs 17, 28. <laughs> I love this one. Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. <laughs> well, you think about the other side of that. When we open our mouth, we prove everything that is really true, right? <laughs> if we are a fool, it shows up. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, not talking is often a good thing. But we all need to speak at some point. After we have listened and have not become angry, we speak. And the way we speak can be greatly influenced by the way we have learned to speak. One of the questions in the test was, are you aware of the style of interacting <laughs> that was, you grew up in, that was in your family? How did your family you grew up in speak to one another? And I imagine for most of us, 
a lot of the way we speak is similar. As we said in the first week of this series, we need to change from our family's talk to using our God-given voice as a member of the family of God. And in the family of Jesus, we are to speak respectfully, honestly, clearly, and timely. Great words. Respectfully and this whole idea of listening, wanting to know what someone else thinks, showing respect to the person, demonstrating to the person that we give them our time and attention. And we must also not attempt to read their mind or assume that we know everything at that moment. And to speak honestly. Boy, you know, if there's not honesty, there's not trust. And if there's not trust, there's not a relationship. Sometimes honesty is difficult. It brings out things that really cause us a lot of tension to have to deal with. But it's important for us to be able to move forward in healthy ways. We need to follow the word in Ephesians 4.15 that we are to speak the truth in love. So true love is sacrificial, works for the benefit of the other. And so we speak respectfully, we speak honestly, we speak clearly. We want to make sure that what we say is understood and we must work hard to make sure this takes place. We can ask questions to find out if the other person is really understanding what we're trying to share. And finally, we are to speak in a timely manner. If there are issues between people in the body, timeliness means not to wait too long, but also to not immediately charge in if you need to think and pray and process. You see, in order for incarnational listening to take place, we need all of these elements. But one of the pieces that I think is so important is that we need to be fully present. Jesus spent a lot of time with his disciples. The scripture you see here from Mark 3, 13, 14, we know in those three years of ministry, they were with him. As he chose his disciples, they came to him, he appointed 12 of them, and they were to accompany him. Wherever he went, they were. That's what took place, being with them. He came from heaven to earth to be with them, and with all who have come to him, to know him through their testimony. And as his followers, we're to be like him. We are to be truly with others in his name. You know, it's hard to really be with each other sometimes. This world does not make that easy. There's so many distractions. Even when it's quiet like that, you're distracted at times. Because we're distracted by the silence. <laughs> we're distracted by things that are going through our head. We're distracted by all the dynamics that we deal with every day. It's hard to really be fully present with another person. You think so? I do. I've wrestled with that. Matter of fact, a friend of mine and I, this is kind of one of the things we talk about. How can we be more fully present? And we kind of challenge each other with that. Good thing. I think that's the Jesus way. Henry Nouwen said this, From experience, you know that those who care for you become present to you. When they listen, they listen to you. When they speak, you know that they speak to you. Their presence is a healing presence because they accept you on your terms and they encourage you to take your own life seriously. Isn't that a great section of words? Yeah, we know that. We feel that. As we read those words, we know we've experienced it. 
And we want to be able to give that as well. But we can be easily distracted from within or without, preoccupation with our own thoughts, or if something's on our mind, certainly it's hard to put that off and completely hear somebody else. We can also have thoughts that come into our mind by something that's been said by someone that takes us to a previous experience. That's a great distraction. Or outside distractions that we all deal with all the time. Maybe it's just something shiny, right? (laughs) Or there's a squirrel, you know, takes us away from where we are. So we need to work at this, to lessen distractibility, as I'll put it. To be able to listen incarnationally means that we stay involved. You know, blinders are put on horses in order to keep them from being distracted when they're pulling a wagon, plowing, or or even racing. But we're not going to wear blinders. But we need to kind of do something, right, to keep our focus when we're talking and being present with somebody else. Maybe that would work. I don't know. But I don't think that's the way it's going to be for us. How can we find ways to lessen distractions and the temptation to be distracted? Certainly pray. Pray as we're talking. You ever do that? I mean, as we're talking with somebody else, Lord, help me. Help me to stay focused here. And something comes into our head, you know, and it's like, where did that come from? I was just talking to somebody this week, and I said, you couldn't believe sometimes what comes into my head just before I get up to speak, or even sometimes when I'm standing up here in front of you. It's like, whoa, where did that come from? You know, things flash through our heads. we got to take charge of that. We need the Lord to help us, right? He's aware of those things. So we can pray as we're talking. That's an amazing gift that God gives us in the way He created us, that our mind's able to do that. That we really can pray while we talk. Lord, as I'm talking to you right now, help, help this to be focused. Help us to be on the page that helps us. Yeah. Help me to be fully present. I would suggest in order to be fully present with others, we need to have times where we are fully present with the Lord. Right? If we're close to him, we've heard these testimonies from the students and their parents, and I appreciate those comments and even the encouragement to those that are still in the youth group. But, you know, stay close, stay close to the Lord, you know, be focused on him. Doesn't that make a difference in how we relate to others? That's got to be a priority. But secondly, be aware of how easy it is to be distracted. You know, if we're not aware that we're being distracted, we can just kind of think that's normal. We kind of get into that program. We, we don't really take charge of ourselves. We just kind of go with what's happening. No, we've we got to take, take a good look at ourselves. A good look to know what distracts us. And then position yourself so that you're focused on the other person. If you start slumping in your chair, (laughs) kind of turn your head away, yawn, (laughs) none of that stuff really helps in the being present, right? We we know those things, but we need to take charge of it. Think about it. And finally, put your phone away. I'm sure there's many other things there, but those are some samples of just some ways we can lessen being distracted in order to listen incarnationally. So we must all be quick to listen, 
slow to speak and slow to get angry. Let's listen like Jesus. For him, for his body, and for his glory. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for uh, this great day and this great opportunity to fellowship and be together. And thank you for this passage, Lord, from your word. And as we read our brother James writing to us, inspired by your spirit, as he said, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. It's not something that any of us can say, it's not for me. That's what you want for all of us. And Lord, uh, we know that we want to be people who make a difference for your kingdom. We know it takes place in relationships, and we know it comes from within ourselves. So help us, Lord, work inside of us so that we might be able to listen like Jesus, and that you would use it for the glory of your kingdom. In his name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand as we close out with one more song.
terrifies. Name of all names, nothing can stand against. Choose to praise, glorify, glorify. Name of all names, nothing can stand against. Yes, I will. 